All right. Welcome to another episode of Autodesk's Digital Builder Podcast. I am your host, Eric Thomas. I am joined today by Ross Wagner, Manager of Technical Sales, and Lisa Chen, Technical Sales Executive, both with Autodesk. I've known Ross for a number of years now. I'm just recently getting to know Lisa. We are in San Francisco in Autodesk's One Market office right now, and we are going to have probably the best construction conversation I'm going to have all week. I'm excited. How are you guys doing today? Great. Stoked. Can't wait. It's going to be good. And the way I wanted to kick off today, thinking about construction technology, leaning back into something that's going on in the news right now. So have you both seen the situation with Southwest and the technology that's kind of impacted the way they've been able to deploy flights in the last few weeks or at least over in the holidays? Yeah, I was following it closely and uh, didn't want to be one of those passengers stranded in that situation. It was um, one of those times where I was very glad that I don't generally travel home for the, for the holidays at right. that point because it was a mess. And it's it's just crazy to see such a big organization using old technology that has had such an impact likely on their business, both financially and then also with the perspective of their customers. So it's it's just been a crazy thing to watch unfold. And I can't help but think about how that touches construction. So I personally think that the airline industry would need to rely on technology, unlike construction. So construction does stem from manual processes, and they were successful in the past. So construction doesn't necessarily need all these automated processes. It would be nice to have these processes automated to reduce man hours, but essentially it's not the same as the Southwest Airlines fiasco. Yeah, I think like it's very different. It's a different industry, but there are synergistic properties about what happened. I, I read an article a couple of days ago with the Southwest CEO kind of unveiling what happened over the course of that week. And it just sounded like there was just a lot of things that compounded into a terrible situation, whether it be de-icing planes, like crews being relocated, passengers being pent up for however long, and all these flights just snowball effect into a terrible scenario. And I couldn't help but think, Yes, this is a different scenario, and they're all probably relying on not real-time data to, to update passengers or crew or staff at Southwest. But in construction, we do encounter similar things with supply chain, delays on site with installation, or crews just being behind in schedule. So there were some parts of that story that seemed like absolutely this happens in construction. There was a spotlight on this scenario because there's 2 million people out there that were stranded during the holidays, which is not fun. It's a huge moment where you just kind of got to step back and be like, okay, where am I at risk? Which kind of leads into my first question that I wanted to throw to you, Ross. Is sure. Like, where are some of those big risks for the contractors out there who are still using some more antiquated technology or relying on paper-based processes a lot of people are out there are starting to digitize, but I know not everybody is fully up on that on that train. So are contractors at risk of creating a, a nightmare that has some overlaps within what we've seen with Southwest or where, where do things stand? Yeah, I mean, risk is still very prevalent within construction, especially in the field. And we've been talking about that for years now, right? You mentioned antiquated systems or even paper. If there's paper on site, you're generally looking at old data. There are so many projects out there that are IPD projects or design build or things that like everyone's getting new information on every day, every hour, every minute. And if you're using paper still and that set's a week old, then you're in trouble, right? So there's risks within that. It kind of routes me back to a story back when I was in the industry where 
we had a substitution for an elevator core. We originally specified Otis elevators, and then we changed it to a, a Schneider elevator, I believe. And at the time, we made the cutout for the floor slabs for the Otis. We switched it to Schneider. Then they had to go back because they were looking at the set from two weeks before to cut each floor slab, which delayed the schedule for about two weeks. So that's just one story, but there are thousands, millions out there currently happening today if you're still on paper or on older solutions that aren't updating in real time. And it's such a, an interesting moment is our industry started developing those technologies. And I appreciated your level set a bit ago on we don't have to use these pieces of technology, but I think the expectations the industry puts on us, especially if contractors want to remain competitive, it does become a bit of a requirement for them to win new businesses or business and keep their customers excited and happy with the outcomes that they're having. So the, the digitization conversation we're having does have a big impact broadly. So I think there's a lot of incentive. And Lisa, I've, I've got a question for you tied to some of those non-purpose-built tools. I think we're all familiar with the prevalence of things like Excel or old shared drives where everything just gets dumped. But what are you seeing now when you're working with different contractors? What old tools are out there today that you just cringe every time it comes up and <laughs> you hope that we could go a little bit more specialty-focused? I've definitely seen the highlighters and the printed drawings, and they, they still exist today in many of the general contractors across the Bay, and, and even subcontractors. Definitely still the usage of emails, sending out RFIs and submittals, and documenting your RFI logs in an Excel Microsoft log versus using maybe a construction platform, which would then connect your data and have backups because it would be on the cloud. So... If we could improve the industry by going forward onto construction platforms, that'd be great. But today, I still see them use Microsoft Outlook to fill out an RFI template or fill out a submittal. So those are ways that we could improve. And even if it's not something that's paper, I, I, I almost consider those paper adjacent, essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's not rolls of blueprints out on people's desks, although we still see that sometimes. Right. But I really liked your example a minute ago, where if you're pushing all this stuff out in paper, think about a billion dollar project. You both well know there's 20 specialty contractors or subcontractors out on that project site. And if yeah. you've got to send everybody new blueprints, just the time lag, the risks of building off of old specs are tremendous. And so it just seems crazy to not be using to your advantage all this technology that really streamlines these conversations. It's right. There, there's value there for everybody out there. If you're if you're listening and, and you haven't digitized and you're still, you know, using these manual processes, it's probably time to take a peek at, you know, what digitization can offer. I will say that public agencies do require hard copies and wet stamped drawings. And if we could somehow improve their processes to go forward onto a construction platform and digitize their processes, that would be the way to go. And then I think it would trickle down. And that's a really fair point too. I, I work for a federal general contractor for a number of years and I think they're slowly getting away from this. And I am personally thankful that I, I'm not working you know, as a proposal manager anymore. It's just something I, <laughs> I got burned out a bit doing. 
But they would require 20 binders of the proposal when we're done and CDs and mountains of stuff and delivered on a due date. And I've got a couple of friends that still work for that company that I was with. And they said that most of them are starting to pivot at least towards electronic submission. The requirements to submit those proposals still can be a little bit wonky compared to what you might see in the commercial sector. But it's a really fair point. Not every company is playing with the same set of restrictions or parameters across the board. So right. that makes sense. I will also add that, yeah, Generally, those are very bureaucratic scenarios where governments are just slower to adopt. And there are still states out there that require wet stamps for engineers and architects. And yeah, of course, that that entails paper. But there are tons of ways for the project teams globally that are starting to ease into digitization. And I've seen since I've been at PlanGrid in 2015, a huge improvement. At first, we were scratching the surface with, with like people leveraging digital mobile technology. Now it's a lot more common, but there's still work to be done. It's, yeah. it's crazy. The, the uptick of tech that we've seen in the last five to seven years has been just astonishing. I mean, the iPad came out and I think that was kind of a game changer. Yep. And now data and cell technology and everything is so much more robust that the naysayers or they look at that and go, oh, that's that might not work for me. I think right. the conversation has started to change. So are you see, how often are you actually seeing paper on the project these days? Like, wh where is that showing up? I think it's mostly, you know, what Lisa was alluding to, where it's permitting process or public works. You know, they just have to have that hard copy stored and archived. But absolutely, there's smaller contractors, subcontractors that have people who have been doing it that way for a long time. Being in the Bay Area, I think we're beneficiaries of seeing more innovation. But there are certainly areas across the country, across the world that are still leaning on paper. And I did like the comment you made earlier about antiquated like, technologies that aren't necessarily meant for construction, like Excel or even Word for specs and all that stuff. That still, in my mind, is a step in the right direction, but it is still a risk because what Lisa said earlier was a good point that if you're not in the cloud, a lot of people just so store their Excel on their desktop or on their on-prem server, whatever it is. And that's a risk within itself. Yeah. And so. it, it makes it really hard to get that technology too, simply because they're not able to access that information. And, right. if, and if you have to go hunt for it, even if somebody's not trying to sequester it on purpose, it becomes a burden for your project, especially if you need to make some real-time decisions. So it's an interesting balance. But Lisa, I'd, I'd be interested, I know you talk to contractors every day in your role today. How do you approach those that are a little bit more hesitant to construction technology? Like, what do those conversations look like to show the value of the platforms that are available now compared to where we're at before? So, I have a perfect story for this. I actually did come from a general contractor that did resist technology. And when I analyzed it, I sat down for a couple of years actually thinking about how I could improve the processes. And I did it with some sensitivity and intention. And I analyzed to see how we could, you know, improve different ways of just bid management and receiving bids. And so I introduced Building Connected to the team at the time. And there were definitely hesitate there was hesitation to it, but slowly but surely we adopted within over a year. And when we adopted it, we were able to win work by adopting a simple bid management system to improve the flow, the workflow processes of receiving bids. And by working with public works agencies, we were able to win hard bids and seeing the numbers come in quickly. And 
and not having to look at everyone's siloed emails waiting for that one bid, <laughs> we could, as a group, see that bid come in and know that that would be the number. Yeah, you get the ability to have the apples to apples comparison that that wasn't possible before. And I, I struggle with this, even though like on my side in the proposal world, I wasn't necessarily evaluating those bids. I was still beholden to when our estimating team and our pre-con team were able to finish doing all of that. And so it pushed all of our proposal submissions down to the wire. And that's where mistakes happen too. And so mm -hmm. to be able to jump in with that technology is great. And I hear that theme time and time again. It's it's more of a conversation of proving that. So it's not a, let's roll this out to our entire company tomorrow. It's like, let, let me show you the value of this Correct. and showcase that it's it's not actually going to be as difficult to adopt that change as you might have expected. So I appreciate the, that anecdote. That it makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, that is the end of the first of two parts of this conversation tied to construction technology and looking at some of the antiquated tools that are out there, processes and where we might find some changes. Of course, everybody out there, thank you so much for taking the opportunity to listen to this episode of Autodesk Digital Builder Podcast. If you've got any questions for me, you can always find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at builder underscore digital. Also, all of these are video podcasts now. So if you are listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you head over to YouTube and you can see you know, what the conversation actually looks like in person. It's an absolute pleasure having both of you here today. So thank you for joining me. And I look forward to the second half of our conversation. And on that final note, goodbye.